98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says Hong Kong should allow COVID patients with mild or no symptoms to isolate at home. And a special taxi fleet to transport COVID patients with mild symptoms he sees huge demand. And at the Winter Olympics, Eileen Gu wins another gold. Top epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says Hong Kong should allow COVID patients with mild or no symptoms to isolate at home. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health said he was very concerned about seeing photographs of patients lying in hospital beds outdoors while being waited to admitted to be admitted. He said it was critical that Hong Kong move towards mitigating the outbreak without consuming resources by isolating patients in special facilities when they don't need it. I'm very very concerned by the images of patients waiting outside hospitals to be admitted when we're very aware that there's thousands of new cases every day. The hospitals don't have capacity for any more cases. And, for example, yesterday they only discharged 200 COVID cases. So they're not making space for for patients to be admitted. And we know most of the people admitted in hospital actually have relatively mild symptoms and could isolate themselves at home if they were allowed to do so. Many of the thousands of cases reported yesterday and the day before that are mild cases who can isolate at home. They don't need to go to hospital. I really think that the change in policy needs to be made as soon as possible. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has announced plans to house mild patients in public housing and hotel rooms. Professor Cowling was also asked what he thought of the plan to stage mass citywide testing. I think it would be a a mitigation strategy rather than a containment strategy because the the way the epidemic's going, by early to mid-March, there would be hundreds of thousands of cases potentially picked up in a mass testing exercise in the city in early and mid-March with repeated cycles of mass testing. And there's no way we can find isolation facilities for all of those people, plus potentially quarantine facilities for their contacts. So I, I don't see how it would be able to, to get case numbers back down to zero rapidly as a containment measure, but it would certainly be able to slow down transmission because if you can find cases and ask them to isolate at home, perhaps, you can still have an impact on the epidemic, can still slow down transmission, and that's a mitigation measure. Yesterday, health authorities relaxed the criteria for discharging COVID patients to free up space at isolation facilities. Patients can now go home to quarantine in as few as seven days after testing positive, if their rapid antigen test results come back negative. Professor Cowling was also asked about the reduction of the minimum vaccination age to three following the recent death of toddlers from COVID. Unfortunately, that there have been two younger children that have died from COVID in the past week, and that's very, very sad. There's also been a, a much larger number of deaths in, in older people. And I think when we, when we consider prioritization, I would still say that older adults are the top priority because we know that the severity of COVID tends to increase with age. Uh, that's not to say that there can't be severe cases in, in younger people. I know there was a 37-year-old uh, that, that died yesterday or the day before as well. But the majority of COVID deaths uh, in Hong Kong and in other parts of the world occur in older people and particularly unvaccinated older people. And I, I, still, the, the vaccine coverage in people over the age of 70 is still only about 50%. And I, I hope that that's going to continue to go up in the coming days and weeks. 
An infectious disease expert has called on the hospitals to move COVID patients waiting in open areas to indoors, saying many of them are elderly and their condition may worsen in the cold weather. Speaking on a radio program, Ho Pak Leung from the University of Hong Kong said hospitals could consider moving them to lobbies and corridors. Meanwhile, RTHK has learned that the Caritas Medical Center will be moving patients waiting outdoors to its general outpatient clinic area, while clinic services will be relocated for now. A special taxi fleet to transport COVID patients with mild symptoms to and from public clinics has seen huge demand this morning. The fleet of around 300 cabs started providing the free service today. According to Sonia Chang from the Taxi Dealers and Owners Association, its booking website received over 300 reservations within the first 20 minutes. A driver who joined the fleet said he had been given protective equipment and told not to touch or chat with the patients. He said he was not too worried about getting infected. The infection risk will be higher, but I think as long as I take precautionary measures, the protection will be higher. I'm quite lucky because I have the support from my wife. Our income during the pandemic has been too low, scarily low. The government is in urgent need of a taxi fleet, and we think by joining, we can help people and also have work. The Hong, Hong Kong's sole deputy to the National People's Congress Standing Committee, Tam Yu Chung, has renewed his call for the chief executive election to be postponed in light of the COVID outbreak. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr. Tam noted President Xi Jinping had instructed Hong Kong to make reigning in the COVID outbreak its top priority. So everything else had to give way, including the CE poll. How long should we postpone? The outbreak has yet to peak and there are a lot of bottleneck problems to be solved. And even though we have the support from the mainland, after the assistance arrives, things won't be able to be turned around immediately. The Civil Service Secretary, Patrick Nip has made an appeal for private doctors and clinics to join the COVID vaccination program. The minister, who's in charge of the inoculation drive, said authorities would streamline procedures for them to sign up. We are liaising with private doctors and relevant organizations to encourage those who have not signed up for the vaccination program to join us especially pediatricians who can give jabs to children. We welcome them to join. He said an average of 84,000 people had been inoculated daily in the past week and that the government was seeking to further boost Hong Kong's vaccination capacity by trying to send more outreach teams to vaccinate residents in elderly homes. Health authorities say they have found 64 preliminary positive COVID cases during a two-day lockdown of a pub- public residential block in Maanshan. The lockdown of Yu Ping House in Yuan Estate started on Wednesday afternoon. It was extended after officials found several dozen suspected infections. Residents can now leave after over 3,000 tests were carried out in the block. There were also three indeterminate cases. And the elderly, an elderly care home operator has defended the decision by some care homes not to take back elderly COVID patients who have been discharged from hospitals, saying accepting them could expose other residents to infection. Lee Fai, the director of Azure Elderly Care, told a radio program that many care homes didn't have sufficient protective equipment. She also said not all care homes had the space to properly isolate discharged patients. Ms. Lee called for clearer hospital discharge criteria. 
Some care home told us that they had been asked to take back patients with a CT value of 10 or so. These patients are a potential risk when they return to care homes. I hope the hospital authority can set clearer discharge guidelines, for example, by stating the CT value at which a resident is allowed to return. Overseas now, and Russia has threatened to respond militarily if the U.S. fails to meet its security demands and has raised the stakes, saying it now wants all U.S. troops out of Eastern and Central Europe. The warning came in a formal response to an American letter rejecting Moscow's demand to bar Ukraine from NATO membership. President Biden said a Russian invasion could happen within days. They have not moved any of their troops out. They've moved more troops in, number one. Number two... We have reason to believe that they are engaged in a false flag operation. They have an excuse to go in. Every indication we have is they're prepared to go into Ukraine, attack Ukraine. A New York judge has ruled that the former U.S. President Donald Trump and two of his children must comply with subpoenas issued by the state attorney general and give evidence under oath in her investigation into fraud. Letitia James has been looking into whether the Trump organization improperly stated the valuation of various properties. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. It looks very likely that the Trump lawyers will appeal this ruling, but it does go to the heart of a very long-running investigation into the financial affairs of the Trump organization, specifically those allegations outlined by Letitia James, the Attorney General in New York, that there is evidence of misleading statements relating to the valuation of the Trump brand, but also certain Trump properties as well, allegedly inflated to make it easier for the organization to get bank loans and in some cases deflated to lower their tax burden. Reports from Canada say a key organizer of the truck protests in the capital Ottawa has been arrested. Earlier, the acting Ottawa police chief Steve Bell said action to end the protests was imminent. We've been bolstering our resources, developing clear plans and preparing to take action. The action is imminent. In the past few days, we've been communicating directly with the unlawful protesters. We've told them they must leave, and we've warned them the consequences of disobeying these rules. We want to end this unlawful protest peacefully and safely. The World Health Organization says a case of wild polio has emerged in Africa for the first time in five years. The polio virus paralyzed a three-year-old girl in Malawi. Laboratory tests found the strain to be the same as the one circulating in Pakistan. Afghanistan and Pakistan are the only two countries where wild polio is endemic. The last known case in Africa occurred in 2016. It's a modern classic that's been translated into more than 250 languages, but until now, the original manuscript of Antoine de Saint-Exupéry's Little Prince has been shown to the public in France. But it's making the journey from New York, where the aviator and author wrote it in 1942 while in exile from German-occupied France. It's going to Paris for an exhibition that includes the author's illustrations and extracts from his correspondence. Catriona Seth is an expert in French literature at Oxford University. I think it's a huge event. It's a text which is considered part of, I would say, almost humanity's common heritage. It's become famous the world over. It's a text with very recognizable illustrations, which are just as much a part of the work as the actual words which make it up. 
And it's a text which I think speaks to children and adults alike. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,691, 107 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $52.3 billion. In currencies, one U.S. dollar will buy you 115.15 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 61 cents. In sport... Gu Ling has won her second gold of the Beijing Winter Olympics, easing to victory in the women's free ski halfpipe final. She's the first action sports athlete to win three medals at the same Winter Olympics, as Vicky Wong reports. The Californian-born Chinese superstar warmed up with a 93.25 on her first pass before going even higher and bigger to post a 95.25 on her second. That sealed the contest, and Gu wiped away a tear and hugged her mother and coach before dropping into her final victory run, a relaxed stroll through the halfpipe. The standout freestyle skier of the Beijing Olympics adds to the gold medal she won in the Big Air event and silver from slope style. Defending Olympic champion Cassie Sharp of Canada was second with a score of 90.75. She was competing just over a year after suffering a torn knee ligament. Sharp's teammate Rachel Carker took the bronze. It's a homecoming for NBA superstar LeBron James as he returns to Cleveland for this year's All-Star Weekend. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says the latest edition of the mid-season showcase is one for the record books. NBA All-Star 2022 will reach fans in a record-tying 215 countries and territories in a record 60 languages. Plenty of focus is, of course, on Team LeBron, and it's just packed with superstar talent. James is set to play in his 18th All-Star game, which will tie Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA record and make his record 18th All-Star game start every season since 2004-2005. It's going to be a great weekend. There's a lot of other activity. The slam dunk contest, of course, always a fan favorite. But it's the game on Sunday night that's going to be the uh, the big attraction. And now look at the weather. It will be cool, mainly cloudy with one or two light rain patches, fresh to strong easterly winds. The outlook becoming cold, appreciably cold tomorrow morning. Remaining cold and windy with rain during the weekend to midweek next week. Temperatures will fall to around 9 degrees in the urban areas on Sunday and Monday and a few degrees lower in the new territories. Temperature right now is 16 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 81%. And to end the news, our top stories once again. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says Hong Kong should allow COVID patients with mild or no symptoms to isolate at home. A special taxi fleet to transport COVID patients with mild symptoms sees huge demand. And the Winter Olympics, Eileen Gu wins another gold. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show. It's Friday. Where has the week gone, I ask you? I can't believe how fast the week goes. Well, it looks like we all need to be extra careful and stay at home as much as possible lately. So my solution would be to sit down with a blanket a nice cup of tea and tuck into a Korean drama. Now, like them or hate them, they are incredibly popular across the world. And after 1.30, my guest will be Tamar Herman, pop culture journalist and senior culture writer for SCMP and K-pop aficionado, who can offer her expert advice to guide you to the best dramas on offer. We'll be talking all about them. And if watching TV is not your thing, then after 2 p.m., I check out some weird and wonderful board games from 2021 that, that are really quite popular. So I'll go through some of those. Who knows? Maybe you might have a couple of them or maybe you'd like to get a couple of them. But they might get you excited if you're in that sort of competitive mood this weekend. Oh, oh, oh. 